This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is February 11th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with my favorite BYU football fan of the 1946 Cougar team, Jason Shepard. Look, I know it all. I've got all their autographs. <laughs> Saw all their games in person. Boney Fuller was outstanding Bo- in 1946. Boney Fuller was fantastic. I mean, he really living up to the hype that season. Uh, yeah, so apparently there's video of the 1946 BYU game against Wyoming. This is awesome from Braden. This is hilarious. Will. Yeah. How about this? He says, who wants to watch BYU football take on Wyoming from 1946? Well, you're in luck. I'm finding some gems in our archive to which Festi Satake so aptly pointed out, Jason, I see you flying all over the field, Jack DeMooney. <laughs> Old Uncle Jack. That's my nephew, Jack, doing work in 1946. This is crazy footage, man. I look, I didn't realize that there was footage of 1946 <laughs> games. So this is pretty this is pretty cool. Oh man. The fact that you could watch that game, that's awesome. You see the old cars on the track around uh, the stadium. It just it's fantastic. By the way, have you ever experienced a BYU Wyoming game in Laramie? I have never had the pleasure of sure, watching you use BYU that football <laughs> take on the Cowboys in Laramie. Okay, so I've done it one time. <laughs> and that was enough? 2001. <laughs> so I'm a 1320K fan, and it was not part of our like our job description that we would go to cover them away, uh, but but I wanted to go. So we went to, co- we went to cover them. We just drove to Laramie, and then we, we covered the game. Everything now. Look, I'm just I'm saying this by my own experience. Okay, okay. I, I'm okay. not saying every game is this way. Everything I heard about <laughs> what Laramie, no, no, excuse me, not Laramie, because I've been to Laramie many times. What a a BYU Wyoming game in Laramie was going to be about lived up to every bit of it. It was nasty. <laughs> they do not like BYU. It was good memorable. News is, the good news is BYU won, which was fun. So, And then a couple of guys tried to start a fight with some of the BYU coaches, which was kind of funny. This is the point of the show where we bring up the quote from Lavelle Edwards, <laughs> where he said, I would rather lose and live in Provo yeah. than win and live in Laramie. Amen, Lavelle. <laughs> Amen, brother. Here's your show lineup. Sadly, not featuring any 1946 BYU-Wyoming football highlights after uh, this discussion. But we do have the idea that BYU men's basketball may have turned a corner last night, Jason. Where do they go from here? Have they indeed flipped the script after surviving a white-knuckle survive and get out of their win at LMU? Plus, on Super Bowl weekend, why not? Talk with a Super Bowl champion. Jason Buck, former Cincinnati Bengal and member of the Washington football team, discusses his multiple experiences in the big game. He's in L.A. for a Bengals reunion. Yes, he is. He'll discuss the BYU football future as well. And don't forget freshman phenom Mix Romanus of BYU Men's Volleyball in studio to preview a top 15 weekend series showdown. we got a loaded show, my friend. Let's get to your Friday headlines. 
By the way, are we going to discuss you sticking it to me by wearing the Bengals jersey today? We have not talked about that game since you have been back. Well, I watched the end of the game mm-hmm. in Cancun, Mexico, mm-hmm. in Spanish, and Los Bengals <laughs> did not disappoint. Okay, all right. I, it was I, muy bueno. Okay, I'm sorry I brought it up. Muy, muy bueno. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Let's talk about more important things like BYU men's basketball getting the overtime win at LMU 83-82. Lucas trying for some room. Seneca Knight goes baseline. One second. Knight had a shot blocked, but a foul called. A foul called. And they're going to have to put a little time on the clock, but that whistle could decide this game. Uh, it wasn't the whistle that decided it. It was the clutch free throws yes. for Seneca Knight. Yes, Made the Seneca. first, missed the second on purpose. The other end was a heave that uh, came uh, nowhere close to the rim. BYU gets the win. Fusina Traore, Tijon Lucas, Gideon George, all fantastic. Fus with 19 points, 12 rebounds, Woo. and four blocks. Tijon Lucas was huge when BYU found itself down 17. He had 17 and nine assists in his return back. And Gideon George, 18 points, five rebounds. He was also four of seven from three. The road trip continues in Malibu on Saturday against Pepperdine. Listen on BYU Radio, 10 Eastern time. The result of the BYU women's basketball game was nothing close to the nail biter that the men faced against LMU. BYU, the ladies dropped 104 points in a- (laughs) They're so good. 51 point win over the waves. Yep, 104 points, Jason. Paisley Johnson had I used to say Paisley Johnson Harding. 22 points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals. Shaylee Gonzalez was the star of the game. 16 points, a career high 13 assists. She had four steals, Jason. Six rebounds. You I know you're a big plus minus guy, right? Love it. Paisley was plus 49. Is that good? <laughs> In 23 minutes. Yeah, she's in just a little over half the game. Stitches and all. Plus 49 for Shaylee Gonzalez. Paisley Harding was amazing. Uh, By the way, Lauren Gusson was named one of 10 finals for the Katrina McLean Award. She had a quiet double-double last night. The McLean Award is given to the top power forward in women's college basketball. So already she said, hey, I'm one of the top 10 best. BYU and Jeff Judkins, he got his 450th career win in season number 21. They'll head to St. Mary's and face the Gales in Moraga tomorrow to keep things rolling. First place in conference. Number 11, men's volleyball hosting number 14, UC San Diego tonight at 9 Eastern. And then tomorrow night at 9 Eastern as well. You can watch on BYU TV and the BYU app. We will uh, talk with Mix Romanus coming up a little bit later on the show. 18th ranked BYU Gymnastics travels to Boise for a second meeting in a row with the Broncos. The Cougars outlasted Boise State last week in the Smithfield House. They'll try and score big on the road. Those road scores matter a lot when you're compiling a national qualifying score. 9 Eastern tomorrow, you can watch on the Mountain West Conference Network. Softball falls to UNLV 5-3 in the season opener in the Rebel Classic in Vegas yesterday. Cougars will play a doubleheader today. They're facing Cal State Bakersfield uh, actually right now, uh, then Hawaii at 2.30 Eastern time. The matches will be streamed live on YouTube. Uh, You can get that link by going to the BYU softball schedule page. A shout-out to BYU men's and women's tennis. The women's team hosts Weber State and Fresno today. The men's team will host Boise State. Good luck to the Cougars on both sides. Live streams available on BYUCougars.com. And those matches, 
You can watch right after you're done watching BYU Sports Nation. Yes, well played. Track and field participating in day one of the Husky Classic and the Texas Tech Shootout today. The Texas Tech Shootout starts at 4 Eastern. You can watch that on ESPN+. The Husky Classic starts at 5 p.m. Eastern time, and there is a live stream on BYUCougars.com. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. And today we are discussing turning the corner. Has BYU men's basketball indeed turned the corner? Flip the page. Are they over the four-game losing streak? Are they out of the murky mire, whatever you want to call it, the cellar? Have they moved out of this and rediscovered fun and winning, Jason, after surviving a real threat from LMU, which, let's let's face it, had BYU lost that game last night, they'd be on the outside looking yeah. in at the NCAA tournament. Jason, have they turned the corner? Look, I, I don't know if we'll know the answer to that, until maybe Saturday. See how they come out against Pepperdine. Uh, here's what I do know. It was an unbelievable victory, one in which BYU absolutely had to have. This is what I think gave me the most enjoyment was, look, BYU going into that game, riding a four-game losing streak. Things are not going well. Everybody's hearing about, you know, what's going on with BYU, and things just aren't working, Right. BYU then in the second half finds itself down 17 points. With all of those other things that this team was dealing with, when you're down 17 points, there's not many teams that are going to come back from that. So what BYU showed me was that they are willing to fight. They did exactly that. And quite frankly, that 17-point deficit was wiped away quite quickly. Tijon Lucas was instrumental. He took the game over. in that Early in that second half when BYU found itself down 50-33. to 33. So for me, that gives me the most hope that they have turned the corner is because any other team, you can understand. You've lost four in a row. Things are not going well. And you're down 17 points in the second half. A lot of teams would just pack it in. BYU did not do that. They fought, they came back, and they got the win. That's what lets me know they're on the right track. T. John Lucas did what a senior leader is supposed to do, and he played like a young man that has not been to the NCAA tournament before and wants to get there so badly for the first time. Didn't get to experience it when he played at Illinois. Didn't get there when he was at Milwaukee. Had his heart broken. BYU was pacing for a sure thing tournament bid. And they're down 17, Jason, and staring right into the heart of a situation where BYU is going to play themselves out of the field. And he did what a senior leader should do. He took that game over, knocked down three big threes just like that. That 17-point lead was at six. Timeout LMU. Things get weird for the Lions. Pressure shifts back to them. And then BYU, to their credit as a team, was able to eventually build a five-point lead late in that game. So not just down 17, there was a 22-point swing at one point in that second half. But the thing that impressed me the most, that I enjoyed the most, that I feel like was most beneficial for BYU, was not just T. John Lucas and his role stepping up, but Jason, BYU did this largely without Alex Barcelo. Yeah. Not only did they erase the 17-point deficit, which is huge, they did so largely without having to rely on Alex Barcelo. LMU was not letting Barcelo beat them yesterday. It was T. John Lucas. 
It was Seneca Knight. It was Gideon George. Gideon George. Trevin Nell made yep. some huge three-pointers to help his confidence out. And Fusini Traore, as you pointed out, had a huge game statistically, 19 points and 12 rebounds. It was everybody else. This was an absolute had-to-have yep. team win. BYU didn't have to rely on Alex Barcelo, and I am happy that those guys built some confidence knowing we can win a game yep. when we are facing significant adversity and they're taking away our best player. We can figure it out, and they did it. This is the kind of win, not because of the opponent that you beat, but because of the circumstances in which you overcame to win the game. This is one of those games that can propel a team. And you, this, we talk about, oh, you know, you, you look back, well, that was the turning point game. This could be that game I hope it is. for BYU down the stretch. And so that's what makes it exciting. That's what makes it even more exciting to see how they come out on Saturday in Malibu against Pepperdine. Because this, this could be a springboard game for BYU at the right time. I don't know how you quantify momentum and how you even explain it to somebody because it's not something that's tangible. But it absolutely is a factor in major sports. Pro leagues, collegiate leagues, certainly momentum is a thing that matters. And BYU winning that game and then hopefully taking that momentum with the right attitude and mentality into Pepperdine against a team that's not good, Jason. The Waves are not a good basketball team. They're not. BYU's had some weird games at Firestone Fieldhouse in Malibu. BYU needs to play hard and play well and show everyone, including themselves, that they are over this mental hurdle. And I, I think that they I think that when you do that, you can't help but ride that wave of momentum for better things. No pun intended. The no wave. pun intended. Uh yeah, we're all relieved, but I'm also enthused. And I'm just so happy for Seneca Knight, Jason, who went through a personal family tragedy, got some terrible news before the game, for him to hit the game-winning free throw and make some huge threes. He's had his, his ups and downs. There's been some situations in the locker room with players where it wasn't the best locker room in America, Jason. This is the type of game and win and scenario that can bring that feeling back to becoming the best locker room in America. I know it sounds dramatic, but I am buying in on that. This is the type of win that does that. You just saw the resume, BYU number 50 in Ken Palm and Net. Yeah, the win over LMU doesn't do a lot for their metrics. Team rankings has them as the 24.3% chance of getting in. Bracketology, last team in, Shep. Last team in, but they're still in. That's the important part. All right, coming up, are old school BYU football posters making a comeback? Well, they are on this show. And former BYU football star, Super Bowl champion Jason Buck joins us live from L.A. It's a Bengals reunion, Jason. I know you're super excited about it. So pumped. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. It is a Super Bowl weekend. I'm Spencer Linton teamed up with Jason Shepard. And the pictures of the man you just saw, Jason Buck, are fitting because he played for the Cincinnati Bengals the last time the Bengals were playing in the big game. Speaking of Mr. Buck, the Outland Trophy winner in 1986, he joins us over Zoom. Jason, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. How you feeling uh, as you approach Super Bowl weekend? Oh, it's so much fun. There's there's nothing like it. Are you just I don't know how else to explain it. You know, something you just dream about since you're a little boy and 
and then you finally make it yourself. And it's in my family, it's just part of our home. It's like, it's almost like Christmas. <laughs> well, you are, you're in the LA area right now. And obviously just two days away from the Super Bowl. What's the atmosphere in the area as we inch closer to Rams and Bengals? Well, all the excitement's going on. I'm staying with a good friend here in Anaheim Hills for the, for the weekend. And, uh, and then the, the downtown, you know, where the atmosphere is, where the football SoFi stadium is, it's just, it's nuts. You, know, you never see anything like it. The spectacle, everybody needs to experience it once in their life. It's been 33 years since the Cincinnati Bengals played in the Super Bowl. As I noted just a moment ago, you were part of that Bengals team with Boomer Esiason and Icky Woods. Are you approaching some type of reunion? What What's happening with the, the Bengals and the Who Day Nation as you gather in L.A.? Yeah, the, the Bengals, uh, you know, Katie, well, Katie Brown, the um, who's really running the team now, she was like just out of college when I was playing there. <laughs> and uh, so we knew the whole family, right? The Brown family. Paul Brown was still alive when I was playing. Um they're, they're, she's doing a great job getting us all together. They offered all the legends the ability to buy tickets and come to the game. So we're going to be sitting in a section together with a lot of the Bengal legends. And uh, we got, yeah, we got a little reunion before the before the game. We're going in the stadium a few hours early, you know, with the Bengal organization. And we'll all be in there milling around. I'm going to get to see a lot of people. That's why I came down early is I wanted to, you know, build get around and see a lot of my good friends and bump into people and have little reunions. I know the Super Bowl that you played in for the Bengals did not end the way that you would have wanted it to. Take us back to that game. What was that experience like for you and your team back then? Gosh, you know, it was just to tell people about it, it's it's so much more than just a game. Because for you as an athlete, you know, I, I started out in, you know, Michigan at six years old telling people, my dad that I was going to play in the Super Bowl someday, watching the Kansas City Chiefs and the Vikings play in Super Bowl four, if you can believe it. And I just always knew I was going to do it. But after that, you know, a lifetime of hardship in my case, the way I had to go through it and, you know, just small towns, 25 students in graduating class, you know, being hated because you're Mormon and spit on and laughed at because you dared to say you'd play pro football from a little cowboy town of 25 students in graduating class you know you just all the things you go through right your life your family your the hardships you, it's it's all coming together it literally is and and you think about it all week and you, you you go to sleep at 10 at night and you look over at the clock and it's two in the morning and you know you're still thinking about every play and everything in your life and, and it just builds it builds up to that that moment and you know when I finally it's as far as the Bengals in my first Super Bowl you know, I'm standing in that tunnel with uh, right, you know, two feet away from the 49ers and uh, right, you know, you're shoulder to shoulder and you're locally and you're staring each other down. You're getting ready to go out the biggest game of your life. But I'm standing with Jerry Rice and Roger Craig and, you know, all these guys that I'm ready to kill. And, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I'm in Montana, whatever. And they call from Brigham, from Brigham Young University, number 99, Jason Buck, you know, and you just run out of that field. It's, it's so much more than football. You know, your tears are in your eyes. You're thinking of my brother that, you know, died and family and sacrifice and everything you went through to get there. People never believe in it. Now you're there. And uh, I think for every player, it's it's their own, right? It's their own life flashing through their eyes. 
And then you go out and play that game. And in every play, you just have something special in you left, right, to dig down deep and to play better and better each and every play until you just leave it all on the field. So, yeah, that, that was such a heartbreak to lose, go down the last seconds against, you know, the Niners and, and lose that game. It just broke my heart. You know, my best friend and roommate on the team shattered his leg in you know, the first series, Tim Crumry. And, and, you know, yeah, it's frustrated because some of the players were partying the night before the game. We had one player OD the night before the game. It was a big distraction. You're like, man, why can't you guys just take care of business that one last week of your football year just but they're demons they can't let go of you know from the inner cities or whatever you know on the drugs and and it just and it costs you in the game because it's a game of inches and it's a game that comes down to one or two plays and in that case it did it came down to one or two plays and a couple of key ones and and uh or i would add two world championships instead of one some incredible and eye-opening insight from jason buck byu legend former NFL star and a Super Bowl champion. Jason, just alluded to getting back there with the Washington Redskins. You finally did get that Super Bowl championship. How was, other than winning the actual big game, the second time around different than the first time you played in that game? You know, it's obviously different just with experience because you you know what to expect. The the long, crazy halftime is just so weird as a player. You know, because you're you're in a rhythm as a player, right? You never mess with that rhythm. How you, er, you know, early groups get into the stadium and the whole ritual you do the night before the game, the day of the game, how you eat, who you let tape you, how you dress. I mean, you you have your system. Who you let pull your shoulder pads on, you know, in the locker room. You you're you're in that trance, right? Getting ready for the game. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So you just <clears throat> sorry, I lost my throat there you're in that trance getting ready for the game and uh it just just, i lost my thought (laughs) (laughs) it's all it's all good listen when uh when you compete in multiple super bowls um and you're looking back on both of those sometimes the memories uh they kind of overlap so we totally get that well and jason this is what i wanted to ask you because let's and let's focus on on this year's game we hear so much about the fact that you know teams that get to this point early on a lot of times they have to go through the difficult stuff first before they can reach that ultimate goal joe burrow is a guy that's that's Kind of along the way, this entire team, they've won all their playoff games on the road. They were underdogs in all of the games. So, I mean, how do you do this if you're Joe Burrow and the Bengals? How do you buck that trend, no pun intended, and and be that team that gets there for the first time and then takes advantage of it the first time? Gosh. You know what? They have a very special momentum, right? And uh, and there's something really special cool about that like well that's similar it's so similar to our super bowl year super bowl 23 we had four wins the year before during the strike year we were bitter angry you know fight between the coaches owners players you know it was just a mess and we came back that next year and just loved each other like brothers in the locker room basically looked at each other and went this is our team we're going to do this and it was really the decision made by the players in my opinion because nothing else changed and we went all the way so I think they have something special like that again. I, I think they're, uh, you know, they, they don't have the experience. And that's what I was going to say when I lost my thought. It was, you know, we talked about the Redskins. We had 
huge experience going to that team, that game. And, and we took care of business and Buffalo were out, you know, partying and dinking around and showboating in front of the cameras and causing controversy and, you know, not just not acting the same around town. And, and the Redskins were taking care of business with Joe Gibbs and it showed in the game when, you know, we dominated that football game. And so here you are now in the newness of it, but they, they, they've got that. I think they got that ed, that underdog edge you're talking about. They went into Kansas city and won. And when, you know, that was a, that was a tough bill, right. To go in and win at the Kansas city. And so they got something special going. And that's, I think that's great momentum for them. If they, if they take care of business and prepare well this week, which the Rams have the advantage because it's basically a home game for them. And I talked to one of the coaches at the Rams and, you know, they're just, everybody's staying home and doing their same game routine. And that's, that's really an advantage. The Bengals have got to come in, stay focused, not get too caught up in the hoopla, keep it under control, enjoy it. And you can enjoy it, but stay focused on the game and the world championship. And if they can stay focused, you know, I think they've got something special with Burroughs. And he's one of those guys, it's, it's that intangible you can't measure, you know, that but with completions and interceptions and whatever, he's, he's just a guy that's finding a way to win. And uh, that, that's, that's special. And the Bengals are finding a way to win. So I, I think they really do have a, a great shot at this to end the Cincinnati drought, you know, those two heartbreaking <laughs> super losses, both of them heartbreaking, right? Right down yes, the last yep. seconds, both of them in. And uh, the only thing better could have been maybe them facing the Niners again and beating them. He played in two Super Bowls, won one of them with Washington in 1991. Jason Buck, BYU football legend, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. While we're talking about momentum, and I just referenced your ties to BYU football, hey, the Cougars under Kalani Satake have something special going right now with some momentum. Back-to-back 10-plus win seasons. They are a projected top 25 team to open up 2022. Jason, what do you think of the current state of BYU football, having lived and played in a golden era when you were starring in 1985 with the likes of Robbie Bosco and company? Yeah. Yeah. And our, you know, our defense have put like seven, eight players into the NFL that played on active rosters in the NFL, which is an unbelievable number. You know, I'm really happy with where they're at. You know, um, one of the big measurements or probably the biggest measurement that I personally look for on a college team is really not what they're recruiting. I mean, everybody gets way into the four star, five star chart now. And, you know, are you, are you recruiting against Alabama? Well, out of the high school. And of course you want those four and five star athletes, but, BYU just cannot do that. They because you got to go character first, athlete second at BYU. You got to recruit and project players differently. You got to be able to get the kid out of Eastern Idaho like me that'll turn into the Outland Trophy winner. You know, you, you've got to recruit like that. So, what you see when you look at a great team, in my opinion, is what they're kicking out the end of the pipe. Meaning, how many players are they putting into the NFL? And that'll tell you how they're developing players, not just how they're recruiting. Right. So. Uh, when I say that one team might be able to, you know, get more three-star, you know, long-term athletes, but end up with better team in the end because they're putting more, it really shows by how many they're putting into the draft and in the NFL, honestly, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. And, and so we were, I mean, a, a terrible measurement of the past was we went 15 straight years without an offensive lineman drafted in the NFL and BYU will never be successful if they can't <laughs> BYU can recruit, O-line, D-line, front seven guys as good as anybody in the nation, right? And that, that's there should be always be their bread and butter. And so if they're in a situation where they're not putting offensive linemen in the NFL, I don't care who's coaching, you're not doing a good job. 
And now you see all of a sudden BYU has a first round offensive lineman again, and they're winning games and they're doing great and they're running the ball and they're physically pounding some people. And, you know, I just think uh, they're back on the right track. You know, MP when he was there, got that offensive line recruited in, started looking like the old offensive lines of BYU. Yeah. And now it's paying off. And now they just got to get where they can recruit defensive lines like Tom Ramage did and uh, start putting a lot of defensive linemen in the NFL like we always did. And they're going to be fine. I'm so excited they're in the, uh, in the conference. Oh, I, I just did not like independence. I did not. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and I'm so excited they're in a conference, in a Power 5 conference. They're going to be able to – they won't lose as many – four or five star guys out of Utah and the recruits they should get to like Oregon and USC. And they're going to compete that better way better with the big guys, but which will help them, but they still need to project right character first athlete second, get the big front seven guys going in the NFL. And they're, they're going to be a, a great team. I'm really excited about where they're at. And this conference play is just going to be fantastic for the school all the way around. Well, and, and let's let's stay there for one more question because, as you mentioned, you know you've mentioned a lot how you felt BYU could not sustain independence; they had to get into a conference. What do you think of the fit in the yeah. Big Twelve? Oh, I, I love it! I love it. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually you know wrapping my arms around. I'm better with that than the Pac-12 because I just think the the character of BYU and the, the mid, it fits better at the Midwest. You know, California's closer, and that's most of the Pac-12 schools and whatnot. But, hey, face it, that's very liberal central. <laughs> and, and I just think the personality of BYU at the old the Midwest and those teams, It's I, there's no football like that. I'm telling you, as I've traveled the country in the NFL and and uh, college, the, the best football is out there in that Midwest and East and South and people just live and die for their football out there. And California is a different atmosphere when you go and play there, right. Versus playing in the, you know, black and blue Midwest and going to those cold games out there. I, I personally love the idea that they're, they're there. And I think it's a great match now that and this will just revenues, everything else, of course, you know, just fall into place. And the other sports at BYU are now, get to play in that. So I think the entire university sports program benefits from this and, uh, and the budget, they're going to be moved to a whole new level of, of play. And I just couldn't be happier with it. He is the pride of St. Anthony, Idaho, Jason Buck, BYU legend, Super Bowl champion. Thanks so much for spending some time with us as we preview a Super Bowl weekend that we're very excited about. And I say this to you, my friend, who day? Who day? Who day think they're going to beat those Bengals? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks, get, Jason. Get back there, man. Go Bengals. You got it. Jason Buck with us on BYU Sports Station. Good stuff. Look, I, I, I have not held back. I think he's the greatest defensive player BYU has ever had. He is amazing. The fact that BYU had two Outland Trophy winners, one on the offensive line and Jason Buck on the defensive yeah. line, within like a five-year span yeah, I know. is incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. All right, coming up, freshman phenom Mix Ramanus will join us in Studio B. Plus, did you see what Shaley Gonzalez pulled off last night with BYU women's basketball? The whip's coming up. Lots of hoops. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Welcome back to the show. He is Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show, you can follow us on all of the major social media platforms. They include Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. That should keep you busy, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, you can throw in something else. What's what's the one that uh, Bill Belichick wanted? <laughs> I don't even know. Like face smack or whatever? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, don't remember. I don't remember what he combined. Face smack. <laughs> We're starting Jason Shepard's new social media platform, Face Smack. Bring it. <laughs> Let's whip it. Trademark pending. <laughs> Google Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Okay. Super Bowl, Bengals, Rams. Who you got wearing the Bengals jersey? In a shocking turn of events, yes. Jason. I'm going to pick the Bengals. Shocker. The Cincinnati Bengals. Who they? It's Jason Buckset. Who they gonna be? Who they gonna beat them Bengals? Nobody. Okay, obviously I have no connection to either. Quite frankly, I don't want either team to win. <laughs> uh, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this because you're here. I honestly think the Rams are gonna win the game. I think the Rams are going to win the game, too. They're supposed to win the game. Yeah, so I I think the Rams, who I want to win, I will find out as I watch the game. But guess what? The Titans were supposed to win the game against the Bengals, and the Chiefs were supposed to win the game against the Bengals. Should have won. Up 18. (laughs) Joe Burrow. Woo! Icy Joe. Love it. Is that his nickname? Icy Joe? Well, Joe Burrow. Okay. Right? Shaylee Gonzalez had a career performance last night, Jason, including one of the best highlights she's ever displayed. And that's saying something, because she's got some great highlights. Uh, She did so with BYU and NBA star Danny Ainge courtside. He's always (laughs) scouting pro talent. Jason, right now, if you were a professional scout for the WNBA or NBA, who would be your top target at BYU? Oh, my goodness. That is such a great question. Look, you cannot go wrong with Shaylee Gonzalez. I'm, I'm telling you, Lauren Gustin is somebody else. To me, she's Lauren, an all-American candidate. She is an all-American candidate, and she is she gives you the double-double every single night. Either one of those, you cannot go wrong. Let's throw in Paisley Johnson Harding in that mix, Jason. That's why BYU's winning games 104 to 53. Right? <laughs> because they have that kind of talent. So there was a moment uh when BYU men's basketball honored the 1981 team that of course Danny Ainge was a part of. And I was standing next to Danny and we watched Foose make this just epic strong move in the post and score with ease big hands you know just he made it look really easy I looked at Danny and he kind of gave me the whew, and I was like yeah so if it's the men's side for me the top target is Fusini Traore but on the women's side yeah t- take your pick Jason I'm with you Shaley Paisley Lauren Sarah Hampson 6'7 bro yep think she could find a spot in the WNBA if she can continue to play this consistently well yeah all right, the uh, Tonga Tough poster is officially out. Houston Hay Mooley reenacting the poster that his dad Locke made in the mid-80s. How awesome is that? <laughs> the Turbo Tongan poster, and now we've got Tongan Tough from Houston Hay Mooley. That's so awesome. Got the Rockwell monster truck. This is well done by so many people involved. Hema Hemuli, our elite producer, and of course his little brother Houston. 
coming together. I, I, I love this so much. That's We need very to bring cool. this back. We need to make this a more common occurrence. The posters in the game day issues those. of Cougar Illustrated were like the thing I look forward to most about getting that magazine when I go to a game. Oh, yeah. I had a ton of Ty Detmer ones. We had Ty Detmer posters. Yes. Had him dressed up like Indiana Jones and stuff. Oh, that that is my favorite. I think it's my favorite BOA poster of all time. Yeah, it's awesome. The Indiana Jones. Yep. The last crusade before 1991. All right, coming up, a rise and shout out to our buddy. But first, Mix Romanus of BYU Men's Volleyball joins us to preview a top 15 weekend showdown series. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's volleyball hosting UC San Diego. The Tritons in town for a couple of matches this weekend. You can watch both of them live on the BYU TV platforms. Jerem Jordan, Steve Allen, Kiki Solano on the call. Speaking of BYU men's volleyball, we welcome all of you back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. And we also welcome in a key freshman phenom from BYU men's volleyball. Mix Romanus. Mix, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me here. Hey, great to have you. I know Jerem Jordan is clearly a big fan of yours. He's not with us today. You know, he calls all the matches. How much BYU volleyball did you watch with Jerem and Steve on the call before you actually showed up on campus? Oh, I don't think any at all. Wow, really? Yeah, so no. so how much of a knowledge of BYU men's volleyball did oh, you have? Sorry, no. I, I thought you meant, like, with them. No, but... I'm, I, I'm just on TV. Yeah, just on TV. A few games. I mean, I mainly watched it on YouTube. I uh -huh. used to always scroll through YouTube just watching volleyball games like BYU, like any college or any pro team. So, I mean, I've watched plenty of games, but live, I really haven't, I'll be, to be completely honest. So, so what's your story on how you came to BYU? Was BYU the school that you always wanted to go to? What was your story that brought you here? Well, um... At the time in club, I wasn't the best player, and BYU gave me a, like a good chance because I showed I showed up for this uh, tournament called HP High Performance. So after that, I was like, okay, I got BYU, and my other top school was Hawaii. But uh, at the moment, I was like, I just considered the two most important things like volleyball and academics, and I feel like BYU was undefeated in both those aspects. Like I had friends on the Hawaii team, so I was like kind of debating a little bit, but in the end, I was like. Dang, BYU is the place I got to be because I was like with my friend David and just all the signs just showed to here. Well, look, when the scenery is the same, you go with the better school, and that was BYU, oh, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm a big mountain guy, you know? Oceans, Hawaii is amazing and all that. Yeah. Well, listen, you lived in California. You've been by the ocean. Yeah. You got to come to the Wasatch Front and stare at those mountains. Oh, yeah, for a little bit at least. Mix Romanus is with us on BYU Sports Nation. So how old were you when BYU – became the legitimate place that you wanted to play your college volleyball? I mean, I've always been in debate because, like, when I actually got the offer to come here, it was, it was just kind of surreal because, like, wow, it's BYU, like, the crowds. And, like, I have friends who've been like, oh, my gosh, BYU, like, Taylor Sander, Ben Patch, like, all these guys. Always freaked out about it. But, like, when I got it, I'd say I was about, like, 16, like, 17 when I was, like, this is the place I want to be. Like, I always debated it, but, like, around 17. What's that like for you, knowing that the history you just brought up is one that's storied and features three national championships, and your head coach won a national championship at BYU. So what's that like for you now to be in the Smithfield house and producing the energy and the big plays and the big hits? It's crazy. Like, I, I cannot describe it. Like, I never experienced such, like, hype 
before in a volleyball game because at my high school, at my club, I was never the crowded court and the high school was never packed except for like championships, but Fieldhouse, oh my goodness. That's a whole different story. Being like generating it, like looking around, seeing the guys all getting like Davide going crazy. Oh my gosh, he's like always turns around, looks at the audience and goes like, ah, and then they all yell back. It's just insane. What, what have you learned from a guy like Davide? Um, how to, like, I'd say mentality. Like we, 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 or he came in this year. Well, I've, I've had the mindset of just like working hard, getting to it. And like seeing how such like a role model, like role model player, coming in and then just like focusing and starting to grind and just, it gives you a whole new sense of grind. And like when you're on the court, him always being composed no matter what, of course some emotions arise, but like I'd say the, the composure on the court and the grinding mentality was two things that kind of stuck out to me from him. Let's talk about the grind because it feels like this season has very much been that. Yeah. I mean, you have had to work for the victories that you have picked up. A lot of these have gone five sets extra points. I mean, we're seeing sets that are 32, 30. It's just been a battle night in and night out for you, Mix. Why is that beneficial for a team like this that does have a lot of youth on it? I mean, again, first of all, we're, we're young. We can, we, can, we can move around. We can start getting the going. I think it's like with some older players, like at some point they start doing like get more injured. And with us, we still get like we're still energized. But as a team in a whole, I believe it's kind of more of a sense of like fighting through it, like the ups and downs, the emotions. It's something we need as a team right now, mm. in my opinion. So let's get to know you a little bit more. Spencer mentioned, you know, that, that you're from California, but you lived in a couple of different places throughout the United States. Uh, I think you said you were born in, in Ohio. Indiana. Indiana, excuse Indiana. me, Indiana. You have Latvian heritage. Yes. So give everybody an idea of your, of your background and, and kind of how you grew up. Well, two of the most important things when I grew up was uh, – this Latvian camp called Gadazetis, as we said it, it's in Michigan. Totally weird place for a Latvian camp, but That's I mean, wild. yeah, it was. It's just uh, a lot of my closest friends are from there, and the reason I started playing volleyball was because of that camp. So, like, and all around, it's just about like it's a Latvian immersion, basically. So you just speak Latvian, Latvian high school for six weeks in the summer, and you meet some of the closest friends of your life. And I'd say that was a huge aspect to me growing up into who I am today. And uh, as a whole, born in Indiana. Moved to Ohio, moved to Minnesota, then Massachusetts, and now California, and now Utah. So <laughs> kind of all over the place. Congratulations, Mix. You've toured the entire United States. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we love the name. I've talked about it with Steve Bell on a live broadcast, Mix Romanus. He's like, it just sounds like a star name. Uh, Mix, how did you get that name, and uh, where, where did that come from from your parents? Um well, okay, it's an old, old Latvian name, so my parents just wanted me kind of just, like, stick to the heritage, and I'm like, I'm proud of it, of course. But uh, it was either Mix or Edward. Oh, so okay. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of happy with Mix. You... <laughs> Edward Romanus. Edward Romanus, yeah. I I'm with you. Yeah, I'm thank glad you. your parents went with Mix. Yeah, it's a little bit more How funky. How many bad puns or bad jokes have you heard about your name? Oh, my gosh, too many. <laughs> like, like, at this point, I'm just kind of, I kind of, like, laugh along with them, but there's a lot of times where, like, hey, what's up, like, Chex Mix or Sir Mix a lot, or, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it all. I, I get it all. So at this point, I'm just kind of, I'm kind of accustomed to it. Let's oh, be yeah. honest, Sir, Sir Mixalot. It's actually that, that. That's pretty cool. It's pretty, that, it's that, pretty that one's sweet. not bad. That's that, pretty cool. We were talking about BYU athletics posters. Yes. Like that could be a poster for Mixed Rounds. Sir oh. Mixalot. <laughs> yeah. That'd be sick. We may have done something here. Yeah. We. So how many times? Uh, what are the different versions of people butchering your last name? Rem 
Romanus, the uh, like. Do people get it correct on the first time? How many times is it pronounced correctly the very first time? Like ten percent. <laughs> like always, always. Well, you just ask, right? Just ask. Yeah. Yeah. How do you say your last name, Romanus? Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you know, but people yeah. are just like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give it a whirl. Yeah. <laughs> really. Mix Romanus is with us on BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> couple of top 15 matches this weekend against the Tritons of UC San Diego. BYU's number 11. Of course, Tritons number 14. How much do you pay attention to rankings and, and these top 15 matchups at this point of the season? Not that much. I mean, they're definitely, there's still some, like, you still take, like, opinion. Like, sure, they're number one. Okay, they're going to be a good team. Because if you, you don't just get that by, like, accident, you're going to sure. be one of the top teams. But at this point of the season, just watching everything in the NCAA, you kind of can tell that, it's going everywhere. Like, UCLA is like, I don't know, Ball State beat Lewis in three, and then again, Ball State won against Hawaii, and I was like, all this type of stuff. You've beaten Ball State? You've beaten Ball State, of course. But uh, it's just, there, there's so many changes, so many different games going on, or like wins, losses, that it's kind of just hard to tell. You just look at the team, look at what they're doing, just go on and play. Give me all the chaos mix. So, I don't know if you know this, but when you come on the show, we give you BYU Sports Nation karma. Ah. And you're already a it really works. good player. Okay. It helps you go next level. I appreciate it. And appreciate we have a long history of proof that this thing is real. <laughs> okay. I mean, you got me excited. I'm ready for it. Huh? So, go and enjoy some fantastic matches this weekend, Mix. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Mix Romanus, Latvian star, uh, international traveler. Great to have you with us. Great stuff. All right, coming up, 450 reasons to give a rise and shout-out. Yeah, that's probably deserving. Plus a rare, flawless victory for me in double-down picks last night. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. Let's recap and present our double-down picks for last night's BYU win at LMU and get you set for the game at Pepperdine. Here's how it works. We give two picks. If you get both right, you get three points because you get a bonus point. Each one is worth one individually. Okay, current scores. Jerem had a 33-18 lead going into last night. We invite the others to pick as well. Is that what Jason? we're called now? We're not, we're, we're not even putting the names. No. We're just the others now. Tyler's picks. BYU will hold LMU under 55 points. Well, that didn't happen. They scored 82 and lost. He said Atiki and Foose will combine for 20 points and 15 rebounds. Foose almost got it for him all by his lonesome. <laughs> yes, he did. But he still fell short, so no points for Tyler. All right, for Jerem, uh, he said BYU covers Vegas and Ken Palm. They did not. Nope. They did not. It was eight. Uh, and then his second one, the Cougs make eight plus threes. Uh, they and did that. They did. They yes. made a bunch. They made more than that in the second half alone. Yeah, and and look, it's it's what what when that started to happen, the offense came alive, and everything else just sort of fell into place. All right, my picks. BYU will shoot forty five percent or better as a team in the first half. They've been a bad first half team. They did it. They shot fifty three percent in the first half. Still trailed by twelve at the break. <laughs> and I said Foose will score in double figures after three straight games of not being there. Uh, he did. 
He had 19 points last night. He was awesome. So I take up a couple points. Three points, yeah. Jason. Two for two. It's 34-21. Comeback train's rolling, baby. Okay, right. now for your picks. All right, picks for the Pepperdine game. BYU will give up five or fewer three-point field goals made. Pepperdine right now averaging seven. I say five or fewer. Ooh, I like that defensive push. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Foose, speaking of the double-doubles, Foose will have a double-double of at least 12 and 12. Wow, you've outdone one of my picks. Well done, my friend. Okay. Jer- Jerem says Alex Barcella will not be the leading scorer for BYU. He gets a safe pick and a good one from him because teams are taking away Alex. Maybe Alex is mad about that and goes crazy. He said BYU will also have five-plus blocks. Okay, those are Jerem's picks. My picks, I, like I said, you did me. I said Foose is going to score 12-plus points. He's going to keep things rolling. He's been averaging just over eight a game, Jason. He goes for 12-plus points. I hope you're right, too, and you get the 12 rebounds. The 12 and 12. BYU's defense will hold Pepperdine to 41% or worse shooting in Saturday's game. This is notable because last night, LMU seemingly could not miss. It was crazy. Yeah, they shot shot 70%. 70%. 70%. Yeah, it was insane. 41% or worse for the game, BYU's defense shows up tomorrow. More impressive, that shooting performance or Leo Pepe's mullet? (laughs) The mullet, hands down. That is magnificent, that mullet. Our question of the day, how confident are you in BYU men's basketball making the NCAA tournament? Our elite voice presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at JasonBoy301 on Twitter says, still very worried. Definitely need to win out for me to feel comfortable about BYU going into the conference tournament and March Madness, a.k.a. the most wonderful time of the year. I think that trepidation is understandable where most of us are. Just yeah. keep winning. Just keep winning. Just keep the uh, the winning going. Okay, how about some rise and shout-outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about Jeff Judkins, career win number 450 yes, for Juddy, our buddy Juddy. Yep. Congratulations. Shooter McJudkins. Still think that should be his Twitter handle. I want to give one to Seneca Knight as well. Game-winning free yeah. throw. It's a big shot slate. Well done, Seneca. Our thanks to today's guests, Jason Buck and Mix. Don't call me Romanus. Romanus. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use hashtag BYUSN. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout-out to Peter Tui Peloto. See you tonight for BYU Men's Volleyball. Go Cougs. Winning.